summer, I know you gon' miss me. For we've been together like Nike Airs and Crisp Tees. S-Dots with polo fleeces. Purple label shit with the logo secret. That's a hard cover. Give me a couple years, yeah, shit, I might just sneak in. A couple words and like peaches and herbs. Um. We'll be reunited and it feels so hood. How the whole world saying I still so good. Well, I do this in my slumber summer. I ain't none of these half-ass newcomers. You know how I do summer. I drop heat uh. when you bring the sun Another up. Another freaking podcast, baby. Yeah. I pick the gun up. Niggas back up, they know I'm not no fronter. I don't talk shit, I just flip an onion. Silence, I'm just trying to advance my quotes. I ain't making you the butt of my jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Another freaking podcast, baby, with them boys, Dennis and Kev minus Kev. And today we got a special guest, but before we get into that. Want to shout out all my white people, <laughs> shout out all my pox, my POCs, people uh -huh. of color, shout out to all my CPs, aka my color people, shout out to cocaine in the 80s that gave us Bobby Brown, shout out to all you <laughs> cash app honeys, baby, do your thing, and one more shout out to all the Jerry Curls out there, yeah, we appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and today on another freaking podcast, what's up? We have the great. No, DJ Face. Yeah, you can pull back a little bit, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Thank yeah, you. man. Thanks for being here, yeah. man. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah. What's good, pleasure. Face? How you been, man? Everything's good, man. Can't complain, you know? Just uh, out here living this music life, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. All right. Who is DJ Face? DJ Face. Wow. Um, Man, he's... uh, I don't want to talk in a third person. I... Uh, <laughs> Started spinning when I was 12 years old. I have an older brother um, who was DJing at the time, and uh, I learned from him. And uh, so from there, it was always a love for music and DJing. And um, since then, it's been a wild ride of hmm. everything hip-hop yeah, yeah. related. That's where my roots are. That's how I started. Absolutely. So, um, but actually, to be an interesting point when it comes to DJing, what I learned to DJ on and the music I learned with was Chicago house music. So I'm also a big Chicago house really? fan. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but That's then very interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's it's a little bit easier to teach with that kind of straightforward timing. One, one yeah. straight beat. Yeah. Exactly. No no double times. Right. No swinging. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So uh, yeah. So from there, you know, it was super. I was always super hip hop though, um, and. Uh, yeah, went into making my own beats to to rapping to sure, okay. putting out my own music and now I'm on radio and DJing for artists and yeah, yeah. DJing in nice, clubs man. and everything's great right now. I can't complain. Hell yeah, man! Blessings, blessings on yeah. top of blessings, man. So I know you're in DC right now, but right. where are you originally from? From Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Yeah, so right down the road, you like, know, not right, too far. Right down the long ass road that is in Baltimore, <laughs> Washington Park. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because I met you through a mutual friend. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to shout her out. Shout out to Lainey. Yeah, what up, Lainey? I uh, met you through Lainey. You spent some time down in Virginia Beach? Yeah, so um, while I was, you know, DJing in, in my younger days and, 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 and doing music, like, I always had a nine to five. And so okay. uh, around the time when uh, I, I met her, actually, I was um, working for Adidas. And Adidas I was doing okay. was kind of like travel you know, merchandising position. Yeah, yeah. So one of my accounts was in uh, Virginia Beach. So I had to go down there, like... I think like two times a month, two yeah, two times a month. Oh wow, okay. Um, but I also knew uh, a phenomenal DJ. He's a part of the Scratch Mechanics crew, DJ B. Uh, he had spent some time in Baltimore on the radio, and that's where I met him. And but he's from that area, 
Um, and so he's played on the radio. So when I would go down there, I would always link up with him. Yeah. And then he would play at a few venues and, um, Lainey worked at one of them. So I met her there and, nice. you know, she knew B and, you know, made that connection. So, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What made you want to come up to, to DC, man? Or just kind of, well, a little bit closer to the city. Like what made you want to just well, put, all, put y'all into the DC area? You know, it's interesting. I, um, I was actually trying to move to Philly at the time okay. when I left Baltimore. Uh, and the reason I wanted to leave Baltimore is because, you know, Baltimore is great. It's always going to be home. I love it. But it was it was too small for, you know, my visions okay. and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to grow. Uh, I knew I had to leave. Um, so I was going to another musical town is what my idea was. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So I was headed to Philly, but um, I had a job at the time that opened up a store in D.C., and they wanted me to come out here and work that one. So I did it. You know, I couldn't turn down the offer, but it was the blessing in disguise because it got me out here and got me planted. Look where you at now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. You know? That's dope, man. So I did a little research on DJ Face. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, obviously, you know, you're from, from the DMV area, Baltimore. Right. Um, tell us more about True School Corporation. True School, okay. Yeah. So... True School is um, is a corporation that was started by uh, Ninth Wonder, um, producer Ninth Wonder. extraordinaire, Grammy Award winning, phenomenal producer, friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, let's flex. Let's flex a little bit. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, so, so Ninth had this uh, corporation called True School. Um, and True School is um, basically built around preserving that time period where like we felt like uh or he did at the time i can say we now because it's it's a part of me but um he felt at the time that our parents had you know their representation on the radio and then the younger kids kind of had their representation of the radio but that whole like you know mid 90s to early 2000s and er and the 80s kind of spike lee era and all that kind of stuff uh wasn't being really preserved and it wasn't really being represented well Um, so he did a party one time and it just off of all that music from that era and it exploded. So that's where the idea came from. So he started this corporation and, um, you know, we used to say from 77 to, uh, about 97, but okay. now we've up the years a little bit, you know, because old school is now early two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, so that's so crazy. It is early. Yo, if you really think about it, it is though. Yeah. Early two thousands is considered yeah. old school now. And there's and there's uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that when it was out and I was playing I was like oh man this is trash but I gotta play it kind of like some of the stuff I gotta play now but <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> but uh, it's funny how now it's like oh yo those are my joints like you know what I mean like put these in the club is that what's oh that man joint? <laughs> like yeah you never lied there but yeah so um so he had that corporation going and um and you know we're dedicated to really preserving that era through um arts music theater and film sure and uh so we would do uh these true school parties and we would we would throw them we still do them um, okay but we would throw them and well, we, make, we would go question. and yeah. get like all the old school candy from you know whatever oh, that wow. was we really go yeah into and okay. we would have it at on tables just laid out at the party and stuff so that was our thing and um it traveled around so i actually met ninth uh, in Amsterdam, I had some friends oh, wow. who were doing, who were into putting in parties, and they're like really close friends now. But I had just met them through a mutual friend back in Baltimore, and so they were like, "Yeah, we do parties in Amsterdam. You should come do one." So I was like, "Great, let's do it." Yeah, yeah. So they sent me out, supposed to be with another DJ headlining. Um, we'll leave that out for this, but uh, 
<laughs> they they got ninth um, to to actually do it, and so I didn't find that out until I landed. Oh wow! Okay. So I was like, you know, I was charged up, and so he, you know, we met each other there. We kicked it. We did the party. We kicked it for about a day. But he also had his um, his partner with him, Jay Clip. Okay. And now bringing that thing full circle, Jay Clip is actually. Uh, the head of DJs for True School. So wow, if we're okay. bringing in a new a new DJ, it actually goes through Jay Clip. Yeah. yeah. So um, when we got when I left Amsterdam, ninth was like, you know, I come to DC a lot. You know what I mean? When next time I'm there, let's link up or whatever. So me in my mind, I was like, I gotta make a reason. Yeah. You absolutely. Know? Yeah, yeah. So I went. You gotta link that. I, I made a party. I got Sion to sponsor it, and I got him out there, and he did the joint. And then, um, you know, from there, he was just like, you know. Tomorrow he's like, you know, talk to talk to Jay Clip, and so I talked to Clip, and Clip was like, "Yeah, you want to be down?" I was like, "That's dope." Yeah, absolutely. Damn, man. <laughs> look, and imagine if you would have left Philly to Philly, right? Would have never happened, right? Would have never happened. That's dope. Man. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta take that nine to five, man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty hard, man. So is it safe to say that at the next True School party, we're gonna be wearing? 3XL white tees. I mean, you can if you want to. You might be the only one, but <laughs> no, nah, Kevin, we've, let's uh, do it. <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we're definitely, you know, modernizing with the time, but we keep it, we keep it thrown back when, when we do ours because we still want to represent that. And right now, we got about, I think, uh, about seven DJs. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and there, and we're kind of spread out. Most of us are here in DMV area. Um, but we have, of course, Clip and uh, shout out to Clip and Rob Victim out in Dallas, and we, you know we got a couple out in. Uh, you guys got them everywhere. That's Chicago, dope, man. Chicago, yeah. It's, so you started. So you started. Out. You said you started DJing when you were twelve. Right. What was that one record that really made you want to lock into that craft? Because there's always one. Yeah, you know what? Or at least you know a few. I I really actually, that's a better question for me to like tell you what got me into hip hop but cuz what got me into DJing wasn't really one record it was the it was the actual awe of just going in our parents basement and watching my brother work wow, to okay. the point where he yeah. was like okay I, and I I mentioned it in 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 a, a song that I recorded to the point where he was like you know um you know, I'm five years younger, so I'm an I'm a nuisance at this point yeah. you know to <laughs> him so I would come in there so much he would just be like yo like you're going to stop coming in my room or you're going to actually learn how to do this. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, show me how to do it then because so I'm not like, going to stop coming. It seems like at that point, your life just started with blessings in disguises then. Yeah, it did. It really did. it's like, all right, you're bothering me. Just stick around if, you, if you're actually going to do this. Right. That's pretty dope, man. Yeah, yeah. So as far as hip hop, what's the one record that, you know, got got you kind of like just locked into hip hop now? Because for me, I can say it's reasonable doubt and that's why it's up there. Right, right. You know, I get was, it. That was it for me. I get it. What was it for you? Um, <clears throat> So for me, it was... uh. It was really actually, um, I would say a whole album, really. Okay. Um, and I'm a little bit older, so it, my brother and you know and and his friends were playing this one a lot. But my brother and I popped that tape like it was uh, Public Enemies. It takes a nation of millions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I actually went back and listened to the album. One, it, it's honestly, I, I would say it has to be in at least the top ten or top twenty yeah. hip hop albums of all time. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. And what what uh, the Bomb Squad was doing with beats, like, and what you know what they do with beats still, to this day, but, yeah. yeah, like it was just I couldn't, we couldn't get enough of the it, energy, man. man. Yeah, it's just the energy behind it. It's just honestly like unfathomable. Yeah, and then that combination of Chuck and Flavor, like, 
you can't. It's, it's just a, a recipe for disaster in, in all the best ways. You know? <laughs> right, right. That's dope, man. Yeah. So as far as like DJing gigs, like what you know, we're talking off the mic that the, you know you were kind of forced mm-hmm. to stick to that. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think, or or what do you think held you back from just diving in? Honestly, was it the comfort of of a nine to five and, and, and receiving that income? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fear played a part as absolutely. it does for most who, you know, talk about um, either having taken that leap or not, or wanting to. Uh, but again, like you said, it's just been blessing after blessing in disguise. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was doing it enough, but I always felt like it wasn't enough to, it wasn't that I felt like it, it the number showed that it wasn't yeah. enough for me to, you know, sustain without having a nine to five. But what I didn't realize at that time is, you know, the fruits come when you let go of that nine to five. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it puts your nose to the grind even more to find those fruit, you know, so at, you, you don't have that time at the nine to five to, you know, actually be spent somewhere else. Now you take those eight hours, you're nine, 10, an hour, to what hours, you want to do. yeah. And dedicated to that. So I was working for um, Adidas at the time, and I'd been with the company for about seven years. Oh wow! And off and on, and because they would have budget cuts, and then I would be let go, and then they be cut, then they would you know hire me back, and then they let go, and then so finally got to a point where the third time they did it, I was like, I I, I guess I'm supposed to not do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm supposed to figure out this. Another blessing in disguise right there. Kind of yeah. telling you, like, just do it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, here's sorry, take this severance. And I'm like, you know what? This will last me for X amount of whatever. And I just made it work from there, man. That's dope, man. Yeah. What What was, where'd you have your first gig? Was it up here in D.C. or was it in Baltimore? Like my first professional DJ gig? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was in Baltimore. Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, for you, sure. You remember the set? Uh, I don't like what I played or anything or, or just more, the, more the, in the sense of like looking back. Would you say that it was good? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was dope. Like yeah, I face, talk your shit. Face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Right. Here, man. <laughs> nah, it was it, it was super dope, man. It was super dope. My brother. So I came up under my brother. So he would he, he would school me to, um, you know, to uh, to DJing in public. And I was always his mic hype guy. OK. So that's how I learned to, you know, hold down the mic during the party, and and that and that birthed the the rapper in me. Sure, okay, yeah. um, and we'll get so, into that too, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you know, he 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 would do that, and then he would give me like thirty minutes at the beginning of every party. Oh wow, okay. I was like sixteen years old going to do these college parties and stuff. Yeah, on these, I mean, I'm I'm not saying like these aren't like you know house parties, or these are like college funded events where it's like in these ballrooms on campus or off campus. Big events, and, yeah. Yeah, my brother's like. Um, he was in a fraternity, so he was getting a lot of that work. And um, he put me on that stage, and I remember the the first one where I was like, you know, it was time for me to get more than 30 minutes and actually, like, rock that whole party with him. Oh, wow. It, we were in this room that held about 1,500 people, and I remember they had another room, like, two doors down, and it was the same party. It was all connected, but um, two doors down, you had Pete Rock with uh, in a smaller room that held, like, what? 500 people. Yeah, and it was what? it was nuts. So I would I would DJ for like <laughs> I would DJ for like thirty minutes. My brother would get back on, and I would be like, "Yo, I'll be right back." Go see Pete. Yeah, I go see Pete. Right, <laughs> see Pete for a second. Then I come back and do another twenty minutes, and I run to go see Pete and come back. It was it was a dope night, man. That's tight, man. Yeah, That's it was super tight. dope. Wow, Pete Rock, you were that close. Did yeah. you get a chance to meet Pete Rock that night or not? Not that night. Nah, okay. oh, but you I met did. him. 
Yeah, I've met him. Yeah, oh, but nice. not that night. Yeah, dope, man. Yeah. Now you know we're in a room right now where <clears throat> we see a lot of vinyl. So obviously DJ started off of you know old old record breaks from vinyl, right. chopping them up, creating something new, and that's where hip hop was birth. But mm-hmm. obviously you know the essence of that was the DJ, right? How how easy or difficult have you found it in in yourself to adjust from that era to where we are now, where we've got you know Serato things like that. Oh, I think it's uh, it was you know it wasn't um, it wasn't a difficult adjustment for me. Okay, I think it's probably more of a difficult adjustment for somebody to go the other way to go who's mm. who only came into this where we are now at the technology really? state okay. that we are now and then try to go back and play like just regular. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's it's so different. It really you is be a little bit more precise on where you're going to drop that needle right? and and your hand weight, yeah. like everything has to be like, you, you know, it's a lot easier to make that record skip. And, you know, when you got real vinyl and everything or so uh, when you started, you started using vinyl, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. Nice. And, that, and that's why I could like leave the room and go see Pete Rock, because, you know, the way we had our crates, like my brother would leave up whatever he played. OK, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like looking yeah. at somebody's computer to see what you just played and having to scroll through it. Like I could just yeah. take a glance and see. And, and I've heard from so many of the DJs that they love the era that they're in now just because they don't have to carry crates anymore. Oh, absolutely, man. My, <laughs> my back is super thankful, man. <laughs> Bro, when I moved in here, man, um, obviously I didn't carry that whole shelf. That you see yeah, here. right, right. I carried, I think it was at least seven crates. And I was sitting there thinking like, how the fuck do DJs do this <laughs> around the world? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's insane to me, man. Um, Listen, I'll tell you real quick. I, that was my average cake crate carrying for party seven. to party. But I want, yeah, I once opened... <laughs> For um, Kid Capri, and he came to Baltimore, and he got off the. This was you know sound check time. He got off the bus. I had my um, you know six crates or whatever, mm. and I wasn't even gonna play that long. Six crates could get me through a whole night, like four oh, or five wow. hours. But that's um, a lot of records, yeah. Yeah, so I was only doing like two hours, but that was I was used to having that. But he had one of his like two of his people with him, and they just had this big cart, like a big, this oversized hand truck, like something you would see at a supermarket. And what? it had like 15 crates on it, just yeah. like stacked. And they just wielded it. And I swear, like, he went through almost every record in those crates that night. Like, That's I just stood dude. there and watched and learned. Like, it was crazy, crates. man. It was crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I guarantee, I'm pretty sure DJs like that appreciate oh, yeah, the technology because yeah. Yeah, carrying 15 sure. crates is, is nuts. Yeah. Nah, this is, <laughs> this is so is, much easier. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much easier. Damn, man. That's, that's insane to me. Have you ever experimented with? Because I've seen this on YouTube and stuff where mm-hmm. DJs that are that uh, do sets with tapes. I, I've seen it. I don't. You know, I've never done it, and I, yeah. I'm always kind of blown away how the, <laughs> how they're doing it. But and how they they actually scratch it? Yeah. Nah. I'm like, uh, that takes a little more patience <laughs> yeah. than I'm willing to give. You know. So, but more power to them. Absolutely. Um. So you're really invested in in, in this hip hop culture and just music in general. You For know, sure. Talked about you DJing. Touched on rapping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like we all rapped. If 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 you love hip hop, we all wrote a sixteen right. at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all rapped. I rapped in high school. Or memorize somebody else. Somebody yeah. exactly <laughs> something. Why rapping? Like, why did you go that route? Uh man, I just when I was doing the mic hype for my brother while when he was DJing, I just loved the stage and I love how it felt. I love being above people so to speak not like you know that would sense but the sense of like being able to look over a crowd and see all these people and they're actually looking at me and listening to me and 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 responding like you know i'm doing simple mic hype stuff for the for the for the djing aspect of it but 
that's where I was like, oh, I need, I need more of this. I yeah, like exactly. how this feels, you know? And I wasn't afraid of it. Like, that's where I came alive, you know, on the stage and in front of people and, and, and holding the mic. So, um, I, I, what, what happened was actually to, to actually birth the rhyming part though, the writing and everything. I was, um, always good. always excelled in English in school. Okay. And writing was like, it was, still is for me a very strong, um, point of, you know, academia, if you will, for okay. me. Uh, so I wrote, in high school, can't remember what grade I was in, maybe 10th or 11th, um, there was a project my English teacher gave out for us to write, but we were doing a poetry class. And she was like, do, do, you can do any style of poetry that I've taught you, just you, you're for your final project. You just can't do rhyme. So mm -hmm. I asked her, I was like, why can't you do rhyme? And she was like, you know, it always comes out corny. It just doesn't, it's never good. Just do any other style but rhyme. I said, all right. So I went home and I did my project and turned it in, but it was in rhyme. Wrote the meanest 16 of the your life. The meanest 16 of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so blown away. It got published in the school's, like, you know, end of Damn. the year publication or whatever. That's dope. So, I, and now, and you know, inside of me, I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> Rhyming is, the, you know. <laughs> Do you know who you're talking to? Right. right go home and write a diss track. <laughs> right. <laughs> to my English teacher. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Miss Underwood, that's yeah, her name. Yeah. Miss Underwood, shout, shout out, out to Miss Underwood. Underwood. Yeah, <laughs> shout out for the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Inspired. You know? <laughs> Appreciate the doubt. <laughs> Look what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> that's dope, man. So, yeah. I know that you put out your album, mm -hmm. um, which is available on iTunes um, under the name Sean Armstrong. Right. Leading up to that, did you go the artist route where you put out mixtapes and anything like that? Or yeah, covers? Yeah. yeah. How many yeah. mixtapes did you come up um, with at that point? Man. Or leading up to the point of your album? There's, there's, I, I mean, it, it, there's a quite a, at least, I mean, just to give a nice round number to products that I put out yeah. mixtape wise, probably half a dozen or wow. so. Okay. Um, but I was on so many other people's stuff. Like I can't even remember all the people. So the grind was definitely there. So yeah. Well, what made yeah. you stop? Uh, well, I didn't, I, have, I haven't really stopped. It's okay. just, um. You know, I got to a point when a Marble Cake came out. Marble Cake Diaries is the name of the album. Um, Available on iTunes. That's my second second album, actually. Okay. Um, I'm like Sade, man. Like, I drop an album every seven, ten years, something okay. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, so Marble Cake was done in 2013. And uh, we were talking about this off, off air or whatever, but... Um, you know, the job that I had at the time a year later uh, let me go. And that's when I became full time yeah. DJ. And so the grind got real for that for that, you know, cash to keep the lights on. And DJing was what's what was what was really paying. So my energy went there. And then um, I think it just became a, a, a writer's block issue. I kept making beats. Mm -hmm. I've always made beats as well. Yeah. So I kept making beats to keep that going. Um, but it became like a writing thing. Like I just. I was I was worried too much, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I was worried too much about the business. I was worried too much about survival. Um, but now I, I'm, I'm I think I got everything in in a nice well-oiled machine kind of motion. So Absolutely. you know, back to back to back to the lab on that. I got a few things in the in the in the phone right now. You Hell know, yeah. oh, psh, that's where it's at. Yeah, man. So. No, and, and you know, I always tell people, and we talked about this on an interview that I did with an artist, Adovna. Mm -hmm. Um, we were talking how people creative just in general have to realize that it's okay to step away yeah yeah it's okay yeah. to step away and do something else yeah so you can get together all your thoughts and you, so you can gain new experiences because at the end of the day rhymes are from experiences right same right. thing with with whatever dj set you're doing however you're blending these songs or whatever type of beat you're making your experiences mm -hmm. you know play a, a huge role in that you know 
So that goes to show again, you know, you have to step away from it. Yeah, and I, you know, for me, it's not always. See, I don't have the. Um, it's always going to be for the love of it for me, you know, for to 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 do another project. I mean, I don't I don't care if I'm seventy five years old. If I feel yeah. like recording something, I'm going to do it because that's what I've I've always loved to do. You know, um, I've always been told that you know you do what you love and the money will come. So you yeah. know that's never. You know, that's always my focus is what I should say. But, um, yeah, I just got to, you know, I I found that space again and, you know, working on a few things and and I have another project that I'm currently working on um, that's not focused around me, but I'm producing all of it. Nice. Um, So, yeah, there's there's just staying creative and staying, um, you know, in the moment with a lot of what's going on in music. That's dope, man. And my life, like I, you said, experiences. You have to, man. Yeah. Um, and, and that realization is, is is important, also. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, that's really dope. Uh, as far as beats, mm-hmm. um, like me, I remember, you know, starting on beats on Fruity Loops. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, a, a, a video of this reggaeton producer. That's what I started doing. I started re- doing reggaeton and trap beats. Okay. Uh, and I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And I started doing it. Yeah. What made you want to do beats? Because that's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, I know most DJs definitely do beats, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's still not for everybody. Right. So, like, why do you want to do beats? I like the, um, I was just intrigued on how, you know, beats were being made. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the era you were coming up or just overall? In the era I was coming up, okay. yeah. So, and then, and then, um, you know, what it, what it grew to. But for me, it was just like, I was fascinated by anything that was connected to hip hop. Okay. You know, so I wanted to know about all of it. And if I dabbled in it and I didn't like it or it wasn't for me, I figured that out quick enough. You know, I mean, I okay. stopped breakdancing after, you know, a couple of <laughs> that was, that was my next question. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of lost battles and I quit that, you know. So I knew out. that wasn't for me. Let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, could, I was a pretty good backspinner, but that was about it. Um, but yeah, nah, man. So, so my homeboy and I, we had a group back in the day and he bought... Uh, the sp12 because oh, wow. of premiere yeah. you know he was we're yeah. both huge that premiere fans. Back then, yeah. yeah so he was like i'm gonna get whatever premiere has so he got it and um we started making stuff i mean and before that i had this little like gemini sampler box where it had like four banks <laughs> a b c d and then like a start stop button and you could record Two loops yeah, that's about it. You can record. You switch between like I had a kick in the A and a snare in the B, and I was kicking, you know, yeah, flipping yeah. the buttons. It's crazy. And then we, you know, my homeboy and I, we put like a microphone in the piano while he played something and <laughs> recorded that way. But passes there is there. You yeah, yeah, more yeah. To do but it. I, I, I grew from there. And when he got the SB12, I got the ASR10. Oh, and still Face, have it to you, this day. You still do? Yep, it's plugged up and everything. Yeah. Let me tell you how hard I've been looking for that machine. Really? <laughs> Want to know what's the cheapest one I found? How much? Six grand. Woo! Yeah, sounds about right. At, at one point, I think Timbaland was buying anybody that was giving them up. He must have like he, he a dozen of them. them. He's yeah, the reason right. why. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The ASR 10, man. I honestly am impressed and blown away by anyone who knows how to use that thing. Mm-hmm. That's a monster of a machine that is still so relevant to this day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just ask Jake One. He'll tell you. He is. Look, I watched all the beat making video he does for, for the songs that he's put out. Yep. It's impressive. And how fast he maneuvers through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So I know that you use the machine. Do you still use the, the ASR? I do. Um, I haven't used it in a in a while. I probably let have let the machine, I mean, um, ASR sit mm, probably a year. But... Um, 
I just plugged it. I mean, it's always been plugged up and ready, but yeah. um, I just started figuring out a way to like, you know, get back to incorporating it with the machine because yeah. I just like what the machine does. Absolutely, yeah. And how the the workflow is is simpler and and faster. I mean, it's way Modern easier. Than yeah, ASR, I know that on the ASR, um, a lot of people use it, so they don't have to use any of those. Uh, uh, the floppy Fl- disk that people have to use. Yeah, because it takes some floppies. less memory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still <laughs> Keep have my floppies. Keep like up. Just Blaze? <laughs> <laughs> still got them. With the ASR, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a sampling machine, but can you actually play it like like keys and stuff? Yeah, you can. Yeah? Mm-hmm, you can. So could you plug... Well, I guess you could plug it up to like a computer and, and play VSDs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is MIDI and everything else, so you can you can operate it, you know. Nice. Yeah, so... And that's that's the sense I was trying to start you know incorporating it now it's kind of like just hook that midi up and see if i can just yeah because jake one uses uh pro tools with it yeah he does it beautifully too. oh yeah absolutely so you feel like it gives it just a warmer sound yeah there's just something about what comes out of it you know and the way it was built and just how it's like you know and machines out here not just the machine but other machines out here will try to give you like an sp1200 option setting or an asr10 option Mm. set and it's it's not it. It's not it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's not even. I won't say it's even close. It's like I think it's all right. Something like that as well. Yeah, it, it, but it's just it's not it. Yeah, you know, it's not the real machine. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I I will not. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever let go of that. The ASR ten. No. Yeah. If you let that go, I'm gonna be there buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Five grand. It's all yours. <laughs> Damn it, Timberland. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> How long have you been doing beats for? Um, because I know I see you still doing your stuff today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from the point that you started till now, how long has it been? Uh, man. Without um, giving away your age, face. Nah, it's all good, man. <laughs> all <laughs> I thought I thought I started. Uh, I think I started uh, when I started making beats. That was late nineties, maybe nineties, ninety seven, ninety eight. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Did you ever get into the the whole MPC phase? I didn't. No, I didn't. Once, so once, ASR. yeah, I had that ASR in front of me, and that was it, man. Like, I mean, a lot of people used it. Uh, you did uh, Alchemist. I Alchemist. He, I think he uses. It. No, he uses the MPC now. Jake Wan still uses it. Kanye still uses. The, yeah. The ASR ten as well. I think RZA had it at one point, or wow. still does. Or yeah, he's that's, that's crazy, man. What is aside from Premier and Pete Rock, obviously mm-hmm. as DJs and producers, who else would you say is not really an idol, but more of an inspiration? Oh man, the, the fuels like the the want to be just you know that next big guy, you know. Yeah, uh, really, man. It was it's hard, man, because you know I started as a DJ, um, so let's do DJs. Let's okay, start with DJs. Okay, so for me, like it's it's Jeff, you know, Jazz it's Jeff, Je- it's Jazzy Jeff because of. The way Jazzy Jeff can rock a party is, you know, it's next to none. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's one of the best to do it. Like, and that's how my brother my brother was a party rocking DJ. And okay. then you so basically you had party rocking DJs and you had battle DJs. And then you had guys like myself who were kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I was more fascinated by moving a crowd than I was moving a crowd through tricks and, you know, battling and all that kind of stuff. So it was all about song selection and mixing style and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Jeff is definitely, you know, one of the influences there. But when it came to like cuts and scratches and stuff, 
it's premiere all day. I studied every single premiere scratch. Like I could do premiere scratches, you, you know, using my mouth, like just <laughs> air scratching. You know what I mean? Like, can but, you do crack commandments? Uh, <laughs> that's a mean one. That's yeah, a that's mean a scratch mean, face. Maybe if I thought about it for a second, I probably could. That's but a mean scratch. <laughs> he he's who I would study though, for real, for real. Like, sure. I tell you know, um, I mean, I met him a couple times, but I never got a chance to tell him how much I studied his scratching. You know, like yeah, yeah. Cause he's so precise, you know, super precise. I, there's a lot of guys who can who can scratch out of this world, and it's just fast and crazy and mind blowing. But he is just so technically sound and precise. No, it's true. Cause I remember at a time I got into my premiere phase as well. Yeah, where I don't have a a, a fader or anything like that, but I would mm -hmm. try to just scratch. Obviously, scratching on vinyl is completely different than yeah. a Serato. I don't know how he does that. Yeah, it's it's so it's too impressive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nah, know? it's it's incredible, man. The way that like his timing of just bringing in the vocal on beat, yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, you know that's crazy to me. Um, you know, speaking of Ten Crack Commandments, uh, the reason I bring that up is because I saw a video of him remaking that live. Oh, really? I haven't seen that, bro. I'm, I'm talking about he let the count go. Yeah, play the original sample, then the drum start. You know, he starts cutting up the sample, lets that rock for a bit, then goes into cutting up the one, two, three, four, four five. Yeah, bro. Stupid crazy how we did that live too. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's insane, man. Um, so on your long journey that you've had, mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, we 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 talked in the beginning of your blessings coming after blessings and coming after blessings, mm -hmm. bringing it back to bring it full circle. Ninth, okay, ninth wonder, yeah, the great ninth wonder. Um, as a producer for me, that's one of my favorite producers. Okay, he's in my top ten in no particular order. Ninth right. wonder's in my top ten. Um. With you having a relationship with Ninth Wonder, how does that make you feel? Oh, man, it's it's. <laughs> I'm you know I've I've never taken that relationship for granted. Um, you know the the day we actually met was just an incredible experience that day, and I kind of, you know, when he told me that day he met that we met, he said, you know, I come to DC a lot, whatever, whatever. Like we should get up the next time I come out, or whatever, and that and that actually happened. Um, you know, I knew from there that, you know, this was just a genuinely a beat, you know, production aside, beat aside and all that. This is genuinely a good dude. You know, okay. I, I, I always got that vibe from him from day one. I've heard I've heard a lot of that. Yeah. And we and we just click. You know what I mean? Like, I think good energy just begets good energy. Sure. And um, so he's always been uh, just a good, good dude um, in general. But he's, you know, definitely a mentor. He's definitely um, a good sounding board. And just an incredible guy to like watch work and be around and just you know soak up the knowledge and incredible historian like he knows everything about oh, yeah. <laughs> anything you in music like <laughs> don't even worry about it you you know you're gonna find out <laughs> yeah you're gonna find out but um so no nah, it's, it's it's just been great to you know be around him and it's always um you know we're at a level of friendship now you know but there's always still that you know that producer all that I've carried yeah. before I knew him that 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 I, he still you know blows me away to this day when he puts that when stuff he puts out or beats I see him make or whatever you know it's just it's one of those moments where like it, it just hits like you know who this person is yeah but you forget for a while and then when you see them work it just kind of hits you yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean I'm always going to be a fan of course you know but it's just um 
a different dynamic now. You yeah, know? knowing that you actually have a relationship with right. Ninth Wonder, the person, and not exactly. the producer, the celebrity, you know? Right. Um, I still watch um, his rhythm roulette. That he oh did man, it's like the best one they put out, man. Like, no, and that, I'm not trying to, you no, know. No, no, no. It that's really not being is. biased. But... He flipped the country sample. Right. Bam. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let right. me tell you this, face. Right. Ever since I saw that video, yeah. When I get a country record at the store, I don't disrespect you, right. that. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's my ass something on it. And I take it, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he said something so real in that video. He said, that just goes to show you, man. Soul is universal. Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. That's a great quote. Bro, like, I'm telling you, like, I, I up to that point, I, every time I listen to a country record, I throw it away or just yeah, give yeah. it back to the record store. From after that video, man, yeah, I'm nah. looking for something. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for that child, right. you know, that break right there to get it, you know, because yep. what he does, man, is just, it's, it's insane, man, honestly. I mean, and you know, that that rhythm roulette, um, just so people know out there, uh, I know they film and then edit and whatever, but I, I wasn't there for the filming or any, anything like that, but, you know, he made, what, three or four beats in that yeah. sitting? Yeah. I mean, I've seen the guy make six beats in 15 minutes, like, it's, and- like they what? were all fire like you know this so it's just that work ethic that he's had you know and and the amount of production and a good ear that he's too, created man. yeah because um and we're not going to stay on this too long but mm -hmm. it's just so impressive because on that same rhythm roulette video he he worked with this crappy Jermaine uh, Jackson song. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this this song sucks. And he even said it when the knockoff right. thriller jacket. Right, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And he made something crazy. Yeah, 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 man. It's just the ear and the talent, man. Like he always says, it's not the machine; it's the man behind the machine. Absolutely, man. Because yeah. I remember um, listening to stories about Ninth Wonder. I'm listening, like like I know, uh, like just researching stuff where mm -hmm. he was the one of the first dudes to make hip hop beats on Fruity Loops. Yeah, like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you know? right. And now it's the standard. Right. And he. I'm, I'm sure he uses it to some extent, but now it's a standard, and he was really one of those guys that doesn't get the credit for it. Yeah, you know, yeah, And I yeah. really feel like he yeah. should because yeah. creating what he did on Fruity Loops, like, yo, he sat at baseline in a corner right. and made threats. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? On exactly. Fruity Loops with a yeah. big-ass desktop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's crazy yeah. to me, man. Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, touching back on, on kind of the Ninth Wonder world, mm -hmm. um, I recently <laughs> saw, and this honestly blew me away and impressed me face. Mm-hmm. Who's Rhapsody's DJ? Her tour DJ. Oh, yeah, that that would be me. That's dope, man. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, actually, um, and I'll and I'll specify what what that actually means. Yeah. So, um basically rap was always around uh I met Ninth and look joined became a member of True School in two thousand and two thousand eight. True school was started in two thousand six. Okay. Um so from 2008 on, you know, it was all about, for me, it was like just building that relationship. So yeah. I would go down to Carolina. The door was always open. You know, he always had the door open at the studio for, for, for me to come down. Um, so I would go down there a lot. And rap was always around. Rap was always yeah. recording. Rap was working as hard as she does to this day. Um, so we knew each other from that time, you know, that I became True School just okay. because of me going down there and meeting the rest of the team and the family. And I would just see her work ethic. But um, Another she, amazing talent. Another amazing yeah. talent. And and then uh, also, though, another great spirit and energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we clicked back when we first met. You know, she's, she's just a funny, down-to-earth um, woman. So, uh, so that, when she started, you know, to get it where now that she's where she is now yeah. and it and the demand became you know um 
higher for her and performances and everything. Ninth was doing them all. Oh, um, okay. Pretty much. Um, and then a couple of times they had uh, she had would have DJ Flash from the Justice League. Oh um, wow! You know, back her up. But uh, so ninth started when you know started ball rolling when he you know worked on his schedule. He yeah. would he would do them. Um, but <clears throat> it came to a point where you know he got to you know he where he is and his schedule it was always crazy now it's even crazier yeah. um and then rap kind of really needed um that full-time dj when ninth couldn't do it or you know they they want rap and ninth but they can't afford to get ninth too you know what i mean okay you know so they just get rhapsody and and and, and there you have it but we built that um bond and that connection over time and um she just asked me one day. She was like, "Yo, you want to be my DJ?" I was like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." Oh uh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so how long that, have you been uh, DJing for her? Uh, maybe two years now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. So I did the um when she did the uh, Layla's Wisdom U.S. tour. I was on that with her, and then Ninth did the European tour with her. Oh wow! Okay. For that album. Um, Still a privilege, man. That's really dope. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a ball in that on that tour you know how many cities did she do for that tour uh i think we did about uh somewhere between i might i think it was my maybe 15 something like that 12 15 somewhere between 12 and 16 cities but uh and then she's had a a number of just you know spot dates in here here and there that i've done with her um and actually i will be uh in charlotte with her for all-star weekend Oh wow! Really? For a performance there. Yeah. My guy, look at face. Shout out yeah. to face, man. That's hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. Is this the is this the first tour you've done, or have you done other tours with other artists before? No, actually, she was the first tour that I've done. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I did a couple of things for some artists, like I said, here and there, but it was just it wasn't anything that was booked. Like, here's a tour. Here's 15 dates in a row you know yeah you wanted to leave to philly man hey man <laughs> and you wanted to leave to philly Look at that. <laughs> that's how it works man yeah you know what yeah. it's funny because um <laughs> you, me, me me kind of going on the whole you leaving to philly i actually want to go to like jersey new york okay um because i feel like what i want to do in the dmv it just might not happen mm-hmm. um there's another interview that i did um with my man tony lear shout out to tony lear and the whole Middle east family um, that we're going to drop soon uh-huh. where we touched on what's holding the DMV back, you know, from growing. And it's really just unity. And that's yeah. kind of one of my yeah. reasons for going up there, you know, yeah. not that I'm going to be unified with everyone up there also, but I feel like the opportunities there. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, I mean, you know, it depends on what you do or, and, and, and what you're trying to do. Like, Absolutely. you know, uh, you and I haven't talked about that, so I'm not sure the angle that you're, you're, you're coming from. I mean, I know you make beats and everything else, but, and produce, um, but, you know, I'm sure if we got into it, I would understand why you would want to make that move. But, you know, for me, I I knew it's it's also, you know, piggybacking off of, you know, how ninth works. Like he he he's did it all from Carolina, like who thought like at a time where Very true. everybody was moving to New York Very or L.A. To, to, to make it happen. You know what I mean? And here he is in Raleigh, North Carolina doing. And look at him now. That's You know what? I didn't think about it that way because my inspiration for like kind of doing that mm-hmm. was seeing Pharrell, Timberland, all dudes from, you know, the DMV area, Fat Trail, Wale, going to either Atlanta or even New York. Yeah. And getting shit popping that way. Right. You know, that's the kind of space I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I mean, so it depends on the person, depends on what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, if you need to be in front of those people, then yeah, maybe you need to move. But 
um, if you can do it from a home base and just hone your sound, like it can be done that way as well, you know. Very true, very true. So, and and then from a DJ's perspective, my mission is to travel the world, and I don't feel like I need to be based in New York or LA true. to make that happen. You know what I mean? Like it's just about relationships, building your brand, and, and you know that's why I wanted to go to build those relationships. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to give us some more thought because that's actually really a really good kind of not comparison but just a good example of how it can be done from home yeah um but moving on from that um for any upcoming dj mm-hmm. um, obviously you come from the area where you really had to grind if you really wanted this right like you literally had to put work in right you know carrying crates moving from town to town party to party whatever the case may be yeah what's some advice that we can actually give these up and coming DJs in this area or just anywhere, whoever's going to listen to this. Oh man. I mean, first things first, man, just be humble. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get too far if you're not, you know, you, you might get some quick cash. You might get some quick gigs, but, um, being humble is a, is a big portion of, of being a good DJ coming up now. I mean, anybody can literally do it now. Yeah. You know, um, so I would say be humble, do your do your research, respect the craft, you know, um, learn as much as you can about all different types, all different styles. Like if you, you know, if you're a DJ on a controller, that's cool. But learn how to use CDJs, learn how to use turntables, because, you know, you can only grow from that and be in different environments and be able to go between any of them is, and be versatile. So um, I would just say, you know, to the younger DJs, just Respect the craft, you know, be humble, do your research, and just practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like anything else. Yeah. Do you feel like they should maybe not necessarily go through the grind of dealing with vinyl, but do you think at some point they should at least experiment with it? I think so. I think it's always good for um, any new DJ or any up-and-coming DJ to at least get a feel for what that's like. And I I think it can only make you respect the craft more. So if you're really Mm -hmm. in it because you love to do it, then... You know, having a minute to spend with some vinyl to really see what that world was like, even if that's not what you're going to go out and do, if you're going to go out and, you know, use controllers or whatever it is that you do, have that experience because it's only going to open your eyes and, um, and, you know, bring in more respect to what it is that you're doing out here. And, 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 you know, that's my thing. There's always going to be people who love it and will do that. Mm -hmm. And then there's always going to be people who are in it because they want to get their friends in the club and they want a fifty dollar bar tab and just yeah. be look at me. I'm playing. The, I'm playing the music. Yeah. Some people. I think it's important to go back to move forward. Right. Because we're in such an era where we're in such an attention filled era where everyone yeah. just wants the attention. Like yep. you said, they just want to be the person that they say, "Oh, that was the DJ that night. Mm-hmm. Free drinks. I'm gonna get everybody in the club." Um, so I, I definitely think it's important. Um, that's one of the reasons why I actually went back to vinyl, um, because I felt like it, it now it helps me listen to music differently. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I listen to specific things. Like, right. Uh, I was telling a friend that I went back and listened to Thriller, um, the actual song Thriller, after watching the Quincy Jones documentary. Oh yeah, which is a dope documentary. But go ahead. <laughs> Same. I've yeah. watched it like four times. Honestly, it's, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, if you go back and listen to that song knowing what Quincy's background was within brass mm-hmm. and jazz and everything, mm-hmm. go back and listen to that song face. Right. right. You can listen to it differently. <laughs> right. You're going to listen yep. to all those pockets of brass that came in there. And you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's why I said, you know, I feel like, you know, that's why I asked that question that, um, do you think if DJ should, cause I feel like 
they'll they'll do their you know they'll do their craft a little differently now, yeah yeah you know? yeah i mean it might expand you just never know what you'll get from yeah. you know Until you try trying it. different things you know it could open your mind up to a whole different thought process and that's what we need you know we need the next ones coming up to take it to another level sure. and, you know that's a pretty good way to you know experiment and you might think of something that I would never have thought of exactly. and I've came up on vinyl, you yeah. know, just by touching some records, you know, so I would definitely say, uh, you know, get out there and try it at least. Longevity is key, man. Yeah. You know, we, we, I feel like when I say we as younger people, you know, coming up in this generation and going into adulthood or already adults, we have to understand that longevity is very important. Yeah, for you sure. Know, I mean, look at someone like yourself. You grinded for so long, but now you've got a career in this. Right. You right. know, like yeah. you can actually say that you're a full time DJ, producer, rapper, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, um, because you, you had a vision. Right. And you executed on that on that right. vision. Yeah. Um, with that being said, what's next? I know you said you're working on a hmm. project, but what's next? Oh um, man, you've just, already done DJ and rapping, <laughs> producing. What's next for Face? Yeah, man, I I think I'm gonna keep it um, I, keep it to those three right now. But I've always, uh, not always, what I started um, actually uh, having a love for is teaching. So interesting, you know, I I do give uh, private DJ lessons. Um, shout out to Jay Clip, he's got a DJ school, Keep Spinning DJ Academy out in Dallas, Texas, where he lives. Um, so I'm gonna be helping out. Um, helping him out with that although it's fully up and running and he's got a monster wow. business going down there um i will be doing, going down there to to um participate in teaching but i also have done some um courses at the college level i've done a anne arundel community college out here um where i actually teach people how to dj but also the art of the history and how he came really? to be and you know take people through that whole that whole trip to make it more of an academic program so you know maybe down the road you'll see more of me uh you might have a college course pop up here and yeah. there <laughs> and um, face university <laughs> yeah you know yo hip-hop the culture is just really influential man because if you think about it i know ninth had a class as well at a university yeah i mean you know i'm i'm watching him closely when it comes to that i mean yeah. he teaches at duke and north carolina central and you know, he was a, a fellow at Harvard, and he he still teaches there. So Nas had a class at Harvard. Yeah, also. That's insane, yeah. You know, it's nuts, man. But who's going to? I mean, people are now realizing that this is an actual thing. You know what it's I mean? Culture, like man. it's culture. There's careers built off of it. There's you know, from the DJing side to the people who make, you know, who are engineering the product. Yeah. Like it's all out there, and there's a history of. Like I said, this this gap that True School was trying to cover um, that needs to be taught. And who better to teach it than the people who live through it? You know, I, and that's and that's for me, a discussion I had with Ninth is that, you know, we got to be the ones out here teaching it. Like, I don't want my dad, you know, grabbing books mm. and studying what I lived through to now go out and take a job I should have. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. You know, if he wants to do it, more power to him. But yeah. we need to be the ones teaching it. Absolutely. You know, and now there's actual colleges and people realizing and 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 staff that are creative minded enough to understand that kids will be engaged. And this is important history. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's music and music has come from a long way just to get here. And it's never ending. man. It's never ending. You so. know, like if, if you think about how timeless 
timeless music is. Right. It, it never ends. Exactly. It will always be around, you know. And I feel like this culture that we're both participating in is going to be around forever. Yeah. As long as we were putting the right people um, or, or leaving it in the right hands. Right, know? right. And, and taking right. initiative, like you said, to teach in that case. That would be right. really dope, man, honestly. And and that's the thing. Like you said, leave it in the right. We can't just leave it to the next generation to, to like and expect them to. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got to, you know, as OGs and, and people who are, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of this generation and the next um, we got to be able to pass it down and teach it and and leave some, you know, if not all of this culture intact. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's an important process. So that's part that's that's where I stand on it. And, you know, that also is a part of the organization that I'm from. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Ninth has a chapter um, uh, of the um, Zulu Nation. We started with um, uh, under Bambada. African yeah. Bambana's Universal Zulu Nation. Um, when he had his troubles, we actually split. So our our chapter stands alone. Um, but our chapter, Black Jedi Zulu, is con- is uh, solely focused on maintaining the arts uh, from That's a hip hop perspective. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So any kind of community uh, work we can do, um, or outreach, or um, anything along those lines, community related, we're gonna we're gonna be doing that, but it's gonna be from a hip hop arts, you know, standpoint. And that's aspect. that's really really dope, honestly. Yeah. Um, now, kind of touching on that also, because we're in an era where most people that are either my age or younger, we're all stubborn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I've noticed from a lot of OGs is that they try to. And I said this numerous times. They try to shit on our generation, right? Right. You know, right. Obviously, you know, me. I can only speak for myself. I respect those that came before me. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, artists and producers of the seventies and eighties and so forth. I respect them all because if it wasn't for them, I literally wouldn't be doing this, right? You know, but I feel like one of the things that they do, and it's the reason why we do it, also is shit on our generation. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think that like the OGs can do? to pass that torch on without shitting on us. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, you know, this is, you bring up a point that's, yeah, been discussed a lot um, on a lot of different um, platforms, but yeah, it's, and and it's something that as OGs, you know, you have to understand that when we were, you know, this, this generation's age or whatever, there was stuff our parents were saying to, Mm -hmm. you know, about, everything that we were doing and you know turn off that rap music (laughs) (laughs) something like that or whatever the case may be but you know now that we've been we've gone not like we've completed the cycle but now that we've gone through and we're now the torch uh passers or whatever however you want to um you know talk about it but you got to be understanding of where these kids are, where they're coming from, what's going on in their world, what's going on in in pop culture, what's yeah. on TV, where's technology at right now? Like a lot of things have changed, and you can't get mad at you know some of the kids out here doing for, doing what they're doing because some of them aren't being taught, some of them aren't right. being shown, some yeah. some of them aren't having that knowledge shared with them. And instead of just me saying ah that's all whack, you know, let me sh- let me you don't know about Tribe Called Quest? Let me play something for you. Yeah. This is why it's dope. If you don't like it after that, cool. But I got to expose you to it. I got to help you out. And if they're not getting that, you know, in the um, 
you know, where they're living or in their home or from their parents or friends or whatever, then, you know, we got to have people like Black Jedi Zulu, groups like that. We got to have individuals like myself who are going out and spreading that word and teaching kids and passing on that torch and, you know, not, not shutting down something because we don't like it. Yeah. You know, I understand a lot of what's going on. I may not enjoy listening to everything that's going on, but I get it. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? It's part of the time. Yeah. But do you feel like in order to kind of teach someone else, you have to be accepting of what, like, for example, the biggest sound right now is trap music. Yeah. That's that's everywhere. Yeah. You know, to the point where everything sounds the same. Yeah. Um, But do you feel like you have to be willing to accept that also? Not accept it, but just be understanding of what that sound and why they like it? Yeah, absolutely. And you hear in, in music from artists that aren't trap artists, so to yeah. speak, you know, quote unquote, um, that have incorporated that sound into their music now and, and, and understand that this is kind of where music is, but they can still be themselves and, yeah. and, and, the, and the sound still be them. But with that being dominant, with trap being dominant like it is, um, you know, there was a, a lot of times, you know, New York East Coast hip, hip hop was dominant at one point. Yeah. Southern hip hop was the West Coast, everything. West yeah. Coast, like everybody has their time and then then they still can all live together. Yeah. But right now we're in this trap moment and um I got a lot of songs that I like in this in this era and I and I understand it. But um yeah. you know, there's 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 nothing wrong. I think I got off track of what your actual question was. But No, nah, I mean no, nah, you brought it you brought it in nicely, man. I mean, we've got to be accept we got to be willing to accept the knowledge from the OGs such as yourself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in order for, for us to accept that, I feel like y'all have to kind of meet us at the middle ground. As yeah, well. absolutely. And, and that absolutely. way we'll keep it going, you know? Yeah. Because you can't pass on a torch to someone who's not willing to take it. Right. That's you true. Know? That's yeah. true. And and that's really dope, man. I, I appreciate you coming through, Face. Yeah, anytime. Um, dro- dropping the knowledge, honestly. Um, You've had a really... You still have, not have had. You still have <laughs> Thank an you. interesting career, man, Thank up you. until this point. Yeah. Um, Something to really admire, you know. Um, I love talking to people that really inspired me, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense, I, I, like I told you, I did research before you came here, yeah, you know, yeah. um, so I was trying to prepare myself as much as I could, because <laughs> um, to me, you're not just the DJ on Magic, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. after doing this research, yeah. for, you know, for this amount of time, okay, I'm impressed, man, honestly, it's super impressive, I, and I feel like we have to give OGs like yourself their flowers. I appreciate that, here, man. You know? Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. You have to, man. Everything thank you've you. done for the culture is just, and everything that you're still doing for the culture mm-hmm. um, can't be underappreciated, you know? Uh, hey, man, that means a lot, man. Absolutely, I, I really man. appreciate that, you know? I don't know where you found the information, but good good job researching, yeah, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not the feds. <laughs> and that's another freaking podcast with them boys, baby.